cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. Well, we're going to continue to talk about this uh, conflict in the Middle East. And um, uh, it's just horrible what's going on. And um, you don't know who to trust, really, because there's a lot of reports that indicate that uh, this could have been a false flag attack. This could have been... uh, you know, a military-industrial complex operation. They've passed the baton from Afghanistan to Ukraine. Um, and, and the sad thing is is that you don't really even know who to trust. You, you certainly don't trust your own government. And that is a real problem. We used, to, we used to trust our government as a citizen. We used to say, well, that's backed by the government. That's legit. But now we know that the Biden crime family is in charge, that the elections are rigged, and you got Hunter Biden naked all over the Internet, and then you got Frank Biden naked all over the Internet. (laughs) I mean, the Biden crime family is a bunch of sexual pervert pedophiles, incestual to boot. I mean, they are disgusting human beings. The biggest crooks, we caught them red-handed with 20-something LLCs and money laundering out the wazoo, and nobody can get anything done. But yet, if you're grandma and you show up at, uh, you protest the election outcome because you think it was rigged, because they did the unprecedented thing of mailing every single ballot on the planet into the U.S. Postal Service as, as if that thing cost a lot of money. And just ballots are showing up everywhere. In the middle of the night, they stop the count, and all of a sudden, Biden's down by 400,000. He's up by 10,000. I mean, obviously, we have rigged elections. Obviously, you have this world government run by 
corporations like BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street that are pushing this climate hoax. When we have 20 scientists I could play for you on any given day talking about how this climate hoax is a scam in order to build 15-minute cities and, and move populations around and basically prevent you from picking the car you want and enriching the power elite with their monopoly. They don't want to compete in the open market. They don't want to compete in a natural order of things. No. They want to print cash, print money like counterfeiters, inject it into a war zone, increase inflation on the world stage by injecting that cash into the war zone. And all those people that are getting rich off of that money are buying boats and cars and all kinds of stuff. Meanwhile, they're restricting what you can and cannot buy. Like you have to buy an electric vehicle. You can't, you, you, it's, 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 it's outlawed now. Something we've been doing since the beginning of time. Buying a gas-operated car. We're not even allowed to do that. That's frowned upon now. Questioning your government used to be a legit thing to do. Nope, can't do that. And there's so many other things. Censorship out the wazoo. I mean, censorship like we've never seen before. And then we're, Dinesh D'Souza goes to jail under the Obama regime for investing, I think it was $20,000 into some Senate candidate, uh, state politician candidate in New York who lost. And he goes to jail for a year or spends time in jail. And you get someone like Mark Zuckerberg that spent $400 million rigging elections. And somehow he gets away scot-free. It's crazy. So you got Hamas sending out a report that says, we, are, we don't go after children or women. Yet they send their headquarters... Their headquarters is in the basement of a hospital, a children's hospital. <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. tweeted out yesterday, you don't negotiate with this. There's only one way to handle this. And it's this disgusting footage of these men, women, and children that were just put into a room and shot all of them indiscriminately. And, you know, there's a lot of atrocities in the world. There's a lot of things that are happening. A lot of people are questioning whether or not this, the, uh, you know, whether or not the Israeli security could be that bad that they would allow this to come in. There's other concerns that, Hamas has called for a day of jihad on Friday. And we have record numbers of Hamas flowing through our open borders thanks to the Biden crime family. And then they found the bodies of 40 Jewish babies 
some of the with their heads cut off. And this is uh, something that Charlie Kirk reported uh, while he posted a video from uh, Fox News. And again, you know, is it a coincidence that we get out of Afghanistan and that money dried up? Ukraine, no, no one's believing Ukraine anymore. We tried to tell you two years ago or a year ago, we tried to warn you that this was a, a money laundering scheme, that Ukraine is corrupt. And that they're cleaning up their mess and they're, they're, they're basically taking the money from the middle class taxpayer, sending 100 to 200 million, uh, 200 to 200 billion dollars over to Ukraine, only for that money to have strings attached to it. The money gets sent back to Blinken's, Anthony Blinken's organization called West Exec, or their uh, State Department uh, fancy uh, organization called Albright Stonebridge or Ridgeline Partners, and all these Washington Inside organizations like the Brookings Institution or the Atlantic Council. Everybody's getting rich, and everybody's pushing policy, and everybody's sitting down at these board meetings with these working groups and these trade crafts, and they're basically putting out an agenda, an agenda that not only makes them rich by paying them huge consulting fees, in the millions of millions of dollars. But they're also hiring lobbyists that basically take the war money and they give it back to the politicians in the form of energy and climate, you name it, working on all kinds of different initiatives, not just the initiative of rubber stamping more money for Ukraine, but also using the money as extortion to get them to buy into climate change and vote on climate regulations that advance an agenda that's only going to result in more money as their monopolies kick in, their early investments as early adopters. They're not mavericks, though. They're not um, innovators. They're not insightful people. They're basically knocking out the competition which is fossil fuels and gas-powered engine cars, and they're propping up and subsidizing electric vehicles, how could you lose when basically the population has no choice but to buy their product? Their stupid, overpriced electric vehicle that will have no real future. We don't have the infrastructure for it. It's not going to happen overnight. But in Sweden, it was just reported that in Stockholm, Sweden, they've literally banned diesel and gas-powered engine cars. They've banned them. That's happening. It's no longer conspiracy theory that this was to happen. It's happening. And it's got to stop. All of this has to stop, and it will stop with Donald Trump. A lot of people, you know, I, I have debates with liberals all the time here in D.C. And let me tell you something. The one thing that gets them, I'll say, say what you want about Trump. I know you hate him, but get this. You know, we didn't have any wars under Trump. We had wars under the Bushes, the globalists. We had wars under Obama, 
Yep, the globalist. We had wars under Joe Biden, the globalist. Anybody pushing the climate agenda like they do. And we all know that the Bush dynasty was built on globalism and all kinds of shady military industrial complex deals. And we know that the only person that avoided war was Trump. Do you think the military industrial complex was all too happy about that? I don't think so. They should have been because he actually increased military spending and he fortified and built up our military. But that wasn't the, what they wanted. They wanted the war money. There's a lot more money in the war aspect of things. But anyway, let's take a listen to this. This is uh, uh, Fox News talking about um, some of the atrocities that are going on in Hamas. Let's take a listen. They found the bodies of 40 babies, um, and some of them with their heads uh, cut off. And that's horrible to even say, Mm -hmm. uh, but this reporter is on the ground talking to the commander of this kibbutz, uh, and there is video of this this interview. The atrocities, the uh, specific nature of what we're seeing out of this is actually hard to even calculate uh we're joined now uh so there's no negotiating with these people there's no negotiating with these people none but yet when you take a listen to these politicians you take a listen to this mainstream media siding with hamas Listen. A top former Israeli general went on national radio in Israel to say there has been absolute apartheid in the occupied West Bank for the past 57 years and even compared the situation there with Nazi Germany. Palestinians are looking around and, and thinking, who is going ever to protect us? Hamas is seeing a wave of popularity after this latest round of violence presenting itself as the sole defenders of the Palestinian people. Farah never supported Hamas before. But does now violence comes from despair. So they're they're reaching out to support Hamas. Many Palestinians believe dancing with death is the only way to show their desperation. Politicians think they can just ignore the context in which all of this is happening. The fact that Israel is an occupying power. When you have mandatory conscription uh, and service in Israel, effectively the Palestinians will say it's war against everyone because everyone's a soldier. Look, I think we need to understand that Palestinians live a daily reality of structural oppression and violence. Subjugation, control, oppression, etc. Many Palestinians feel powerless. The Palestinians have to, I mean, they're, they're frustrated. They're trying to get uh, get some kind of attention. Let's talk about the A word. This is apartheid. An apartheid regime. The system of apartheid. Increasing numbers of Israelis and American Jews are starting to use the A word. Israel oversees an apartheid regime. There's an apartheid system in place. The West Bank is apartheid. UN human rights experts have characterized as policies and practices which amount to apartheid. Uh, you get the picture, right? Um, you know, uh, someone put this meme out. They said, in 2020, Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots burned down cities and murdered dozens of people, causing billions of dollars in damage. But the FBI has labeled MAGA as a terrorist threat for 2024. Surprise, surprise. Hamas, Hezbollah, Black Lives Matter, and Antifa all received funding from the same people. 
Yeah, it's true. So um, there's other news, too, that we want to talk about. And we're going to get back to this here, but I just had this flash up in front of me. Uh, then Vice President Joe Biden's office exchanged 19,335 emails with Hunter Biden's investment firm, Rosemont Seneca. And that's according to a Freedom of Information uh, request that was granted. And uh, they didn't give it up reluctantly. But when you think about that, you wonder how Joe Biden can say that he doesn't. He doesn't meddle in his son's business. Listen to this um, Colorado State Representative, Tim Hernandez. What a loser moron this guy is. So he's asked if he can condemn Hamas killing of innocent women and children. His response, what about it? And I think it's despicable what they're protesting for and what you're protesting for. And the fact that you can't condemn women and children and elderly people being murdered in the streets. What about it? Do you condemn it? I already said. Why can't you say yes? Because I already gave you my answer. You didn't give an answer. And every, I think anybody who would watch this would understand what your actual position is. People that are going to watch your bullshit video wrestle. And I think it's. So he badmouthed the guy that was interviewing him, right? And. Uh, uh, that went viral, actually. So, yeah, more than three people watched that video. And, uh, you know, it's just absolutely absurd how radical the left has become. And choosing Hamas, like like the squad does, always. Hezbollah, Hamas. You know, it's, it's absolutely absurd. And, you know, I love the way Trump handled Middle East policy, not only just with the Abraham Accord, but what Trump did was so brilliant. What he did was he did a little bit of tough love. He did exactly what he always says he would do, walk away from the table. So he treats everybody like equals and like like adults. He sits down and he expects everybody to, you know, be pragmatic. And... So he makes an offer and says, well, this is where we are with the deal. The art of the deal. So this is the deal. And they carve up, you know, something that would be reasonable for both sides to make a deal. And the Palestinian Abbas, the Palestinian Authority leader, said, go fly a kite. Like, you know, no, we're not interested. We want the whole enchilada or we don't want anything at all. We want it all. And it's like, well, you're not going to get it all. You're not going to get all of it, okay? You're not going to get all of Jerusalem. You're not going to get all of this. So let's just stop smoking the crack, put the crack pipe down, you know, put the, put the joint down. Whatever you're smoking, put it down. Let's, let's figure this out like adults. And they didn't. And you know what happened? Trump said, fine. That's no big deal. No no biggie on me. And while they were waiting it out, Israel was green green lit. They were basically granted license to build out all kinds of Israeli um, property in the West Bank and in the Gaza Strip and basically build out their infrastructure 
And once that happens, there's no turning back. It's sort of like you can't put the toothpaste back in the bottle. You just can't. So with every passing month or year, it was more bad news, really, for the Palestinians because they didn't sit down at their earliest convenient time to make a deal. That's number one. Number two, their partners, their Arab partners, like whether it's UAE, United Arab Emirates or Qatar or even Saudi Arabia. Trump works out all these great military deals with Saudi Arabia and works out partnerships with the United Arab Emirates and sets a flight where from UAE to um, or from Saudi Riyadh, Saudi Arabia to Israel, first flight. Then he installed the, uh, he negotiated the Arab uh, Abraham Accord. And all of this was to open up fair trade with Israel. And people are realizing, well, the price of oil is really low. We're losing money because America chose to be energy independent, gave us leverage and muscle. And and then, you know, he um, sort of normalized relations. And it was heading in that right direction. He also murdered, you know, took out Sol- Soleimani, the terrorist, who was instigating a lot of Hezbollah activity. And he sanctioned Iran so that Iran couldn't profit from the oil distribution. And uh, he negotiated that so that even countries like China were limited as to how much they, they could consume because if China wanted to get a good deal with America, they were going to have to, you know, appease the their biggest customer in the world, which is America. So Trump knew what he was doing. And there was peace in the Middle East. And more, more, uh, more peace in the Middle East than we've seen in a long, long time. And people would write him off as if he didn't really uh, know what he was talking about, but he did. You know, Little Rocket Man actually turns out it was a very decent strategy with Kim Jong-un. And it worked. It was effective. may not be orthodox. It may not be dry suit, tweed jacket, whatever, academic, but it works. Street smarts work sometimes. Hey, there's another big story that's coming on. Remember Hawaii? Remember in Hawaii when they burned it up and Oprah got all the land and all that? Well, that's still happening. But guess what? It's happening in Argentina right up uh, right now uh, where they're uh, just about to have an election. Awful situation unfolding right now in Villa Carlos Paz, Argentina, as a fast-moving wildfire is approaching the city. And it's another one of these land grabs. Happens in Greece. It happened in Canada. It happens in California. Just so happens their their fires go along the path of uh, a train rail system that they're trying to build. You know, it's crazy stuff. They use these heat lasers to control these fires. And they they don't do in the, their due diligence in the summer. 
or I mean in the winter, uh, with um, moistening the brush, turning it over. And, you know, the timber industry went a long way in keeping the forestry new and young and and uh, moist. So this is a true statement. Either the deep state destroys America or we destroy the deep state, Donald Trump. You know, there's only one path forward for this. All right, so we have um, a bunch of things I want to cover right now. Um, Greg Price put this together, a little history of the conf- you know, what's going on. He says, 1937 Arabs reject the Peel Commission to create a Jewish and Arab state. 1947 Arabs reject the UN partition plan to create a Jewish and Arab state. Wage war against the new nation of Israel, lose more land than the partition gave them. The 67 Accord, uh, Israel wins yet another war against its Arab neighbors, conquering Gaza, the West Bank, and Sinai in a defensive war. The Arab League declares the three no's, no peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, no negotiations with Israel, Israel voluntarily hands control of the Temple Mount, the holiest site in Ju- Judaism, back to Islamic uh, Islamic Waqf, and made it illegal for Jews to pray there. Israel, in 1979, voluntarily hands the Sinai back to Egypt, returning land conquered in a defensive war. 1993, Israel recognizes the sovereignty of the Palestinian Authority over the West Bank and Gaza Strip in the Oslo Accords. Yasser Arafat uses it to support terrorism. That was under um, Clinton there. And I remember that, actually, uh, where um, Yasser Arafat won a Nobel Peace Prize, which was ridiculous because I believe he was involved in the uh, Pan Am 103 bombing. Um, 2000, in the year 2000, Israel offers Yasser Arafat recognition of a Palestinian state in all of Gaza and 94% of the West Bank with East Jerusalem as its capital. Arafat rejects it and launches the second Antifata. Yeah, Mr. Peace himself, right? So, like a fatwa and all that, jihad. 2005, Israel pulls out of the Gaza Strip, dismantles all of its settlements, and forces Jews to leave their homes. Palestinians respond by electing Hamas, who turn into a terrorist state. In 2008, Israel offers Muhammad Abbas once again uh, recognition of a Palestinian state in all of Gaza, and 94% of the West Bank with East Jerusalem as the capital, even offered to dismantle all of their settlements. And once again, the Palestinians rejected it. They wanted more. In 2010-2021, Hamas launched periodic rocket attacks against the state of Israel and builds terror tunnels in order to kidnap and murder Jews while using the people of Gaza as human shields against the IDF. The Iron Dome, 
uh, IDF is Iron Dome. 2023, Hamas commits the worst act of mass murder against Jews since the Holocaust. And that's under Biden. So here we are. Charlie Kirk writes, the press spent four years screaming that Donald Trump would start a nuclear war. Instead, we got the Abraham Accords, the first presidential visit to North Korea, the end of ISIS, stability in Ukraine, and a planned withdrawal from Afghanistan. Under Joe Biden, that Afghan withdrawal became a national embarrassment. Israel is in its biggest war in a half a century, and Europe is in its biggest war since the defeat of Hitler. Everyone is waiting in fear, wondering what war will start next. Joe Biden's foreign policy is a calamity. Thank you, Jake Sullivan, for being such a moron. Victor Davis Hansen writes this, The late, great Hamas finally got its wish, and ever since Hamas was elected to run Gaza, and the follow, uh, the, and then followed the usual one election one time Middle East formula, it has bragged nonstop that its agenda was to erase Israel off the face of the earth. Its unabashed nihilistic boasts resonated throughout the Palestinian movement. Its fiery threats delighted the Arab street. Indeed, Hamas was soon celebrated as the most authentic of the radical Palestinian terrorist movements. Which cadre of thugs could stop could top its end-of-days rhetoric, its assured and steady supply of money and weapons from Iran, its satanic eagerness to mutilate and dismember, and the sanctuary and financial with wherewithal offered to it by our ally Qatar? None. Since it's, it was viewed as the most volatile and creepy of the Palestinian factions and the most useful to Iran, the Obama and Biden administrations appeased its murderers. Was it not part of their harebrained grand strategy of empowering theoretic, the, theocratic Iran and its Syrian Hezbollah and Hamas hirelings? Their campaign, remember, they literally know nothing, media and the Obama echo chamber created by boastful Ben Rhodes, remember Ben Rhodes, was to forge these disparate Islamists into a crescent of resistance to Israel and any moderate Arab regime. Recall the Obama-Biden transitory hatred of the Gulf of Shanktums. The result would be creative tension, as well as payback for the Israel election of Netanyahu. Through this formula, Obama believed he could always pressure Israel to grant concessions to radical Palestinians. Thanks to the looming threat of an ever-menacing and soon-to-be nuclear Iran, with help from Obama's other friends, then the Muslim Brotherhood government in Egypt and his pal, and the neo-Ottomanist and anti-Semite Erdogan. Erdogan's the leader of Turkey. You know, I talk about this all the time. Remember I said Obama said Erdogan was one of the top five leaders in the United uh, in the world? He considered to be the, his closest friend. Um, Erdogan was a, was a radical jihadi, and 
they um, installed, they overthrew Mubarak, and they over they murdered Gaddafi. Those are two African nations. They built up and created on their own Obama and Erdogan, ISIS, ISIS mercenaries that were beheading journalists to keep them out. They established Benghazi as a port to funnel. Uh, infrastructure for ISIS to maintain the oil fields left behind by the Bush administration in Iraq. And together through the black markets, they were dispersing oil into Europe and into Africa in exchange for goods and services and minerals and gold and, you know, mining rights and all kinds of things, weapons, drugs, human trafficking, slave labor, Corporations would get involved to profit from this. Investors would get involved for the same reason. Mitt Romney and Kofor Black were all over Afghanistan, as they are uh, with Ukraine, embroiled and immersed in these corrupt wars. This is what they do. This is how they do it. It's a guaranteed success. Bill Gates knows the playbook. He benefited 20% on, on his vaccine investments. And we're finding out now that people are starting to admit that this va- the vaccines were, were fraudulent. So, Victor Davis Hansen writes this piece. It's pretty solid. It gets a little boring. But it's interesting. The history behind all that. But the, cur- the, the relatively recent history has just been an exploitation. You know, there's no wonder that we, Obama released 150, unfroze $150 billion. Yeah. And now he owns all kinds of houses in Hawaii and in Martha's Vineyard and is one of the richest presidents to ever walk the earth. Right? Obama. How did he get all that money? Again, he shaved it off the top. Those skids of cash. He took a couple of plane full of money for himself. Put it in offshore accounts. The leader of Hamas just called the global, for a global day of jihad this Friday. Do not ha- leave your homes that, that day unless there is an emergency. Avoid public transit. Avoid airplanes. Avoid public events. That's what some people are saying online um so you know it is kind of interesting that west exec founder and secretary of state uh for biden uh anthony blinken defends jake sullivan's boneheaded remarks from last week where he said middle east is is absolutely um peaceful and they're also citing, um, well, they're also citing that climate change is the biggest threat still, not nuclear war. It does seem like this very coordinated attack came out of nowhere. Uh, I want our viewers to listen to what the U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said just nine days ago. The Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Now, challenges remain. Iran's nuclear weapons program 
the tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. But the amount of time that I have to spend on crisis and conflict in the Middle East today compared to any of my predecessors going back to 9-11 is significantly reduced. That obviously has changed dramatically, <laughs> not just for Jake Sullivan, that but for all well. of you. Uh, and this isn't uh, specifically about anything that Jake missed, but more broadly about the intelligence failure, not just by the Israelis, but the U.S. What can you say about that? Well, two things, Donna. First, what Jake Sullivan said was right. If you look at uh, the relationship among countries in the Middle East, um, you saw uh, with a lot of work by the United States, countries coming together, the region integrating, um, hostilities diminishing. And we've been very engaged in pursuing, for example, normalization between Israel and its neighbors, uh, building on what's already been done, mm -hmm. uh, including with uh, Saudi Arabia and other conflicts like uh, the conflict in Yemen, where we've had a truce now for uh, almost two years. Uh, have made a huge difference. What happened uh, over the last 24 hours it, it doesn't go to state-to-state -state conflict, where Jake is exactly right. Uh, it's, it's diminished. Uh, this goes to a terrorist attack by a terrorist organization. At the same time, we have been intensely focused on, uh, on tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. That's why we brought them together mm -hmm. in Sharm el-Sheikh and Aqaba to try to get both sides not to engage in, in acts that could precipitate um, hostilities, violence. And um, that, unfortunately, does not include Hamas because it's a terrorist organization. And it took action, uh, as we've seen over the last 24 hours, uh, that uh, has had uh, a, a terrible impact. But that's uh, what's, what, what was going on. In terms of the um, intelligence, uh, there'll be plenty of time in uh, uh, days to come to look and see what anyone uh, missed, what, might have, what we could have done better right now. The focus is on, on helping Israel, making sure that it has what it needs to deal with this attack. Understand. Well, empowering Iran the way they did didn't help. Uh, that's number one. Um, blaming it on climate change. He didn't do it there, but they do do it. And uh, that's another one. And then profiting from these wars. Um, I, think we're, I think we're having a little bit of mic difficulty there. Um, but, yeah, these... Uh, the State Department and the CIA are out to lunch, stupid. I mean, they obviously are not equipped and not not seeing clearly. I mean, people need to understand Hamas is an, a militant, militant arm of the Palestinians, whereas Hezbollah is a militant arm of Iran. You know, one is Sunni. And one is Shiite and Shia. And, um, you know, that's the distinguishing difference between the two. And they both sort of hang out in Syria and Lebanon. And uh, there for a long time, Saddam Hussein was funneling power and resources to them. But yeah, so I mean that's the thing that's going on and it's just it's worse today than than it's been in a long long time. Someone wrote this uh if there is one thing that 9/11 and COVID-19 vaccines should have taught us it's that psychopathic oligarchy will either cause or allow highly visual massacres to occur in order to perpetuate their psycho agenda for control, destruction, war, and ultimately for depopulation. Psychopaths like to kill. 
See American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis for a good betrayal. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that um, this is this is um, this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with killers, people that will kill you. So Tara Dahl tells uh, this news outlet that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan lied. So they're saying he just flat out lied. So, Tara, your response is Jake Sullivan just dumb and completely off the range? Or did the intelligence community fail here and we just overlooked something that we should have seen coming? Yeah, Terrence, that is an actual blatant lie. And Israel has been warning and contradicts everything that Israel has been warning about for the last year. I mean, you have seen statistics. The data disproves everything that he said. And the data has shown, and the IDF, the Israelis, have been warning of the increase of crimes and the attacks. Just in 2022, the Palestinians attacked Israel 5,000 times. That includes shooting. That includes assault that includes stabbing. There's been a significant increase, especially in the Jordan and Israeli crossing, border crossing at the Allenby Bridge of weapon smuggling in the last year, especially in 2022. There was a significant increase of weapon smuggling and drug smuggling coming in. You just had the chief of Mossad, the beginning of September, do a big press conference, or um, had a big speech stating that the international community needs to be aware and be on high alert because attacks against Israelis all around the world have increased, he was saying. And he warned in that speech that if any Jews or Israelis get wounded in a terror attack, that Israel was going to strike at the heart of Tehran. So that's a blatant lie. Yeah, so uh, Jake Sullivan lied. IDF is Israel Defense Forces, by the way. Um All right, let's take a listen to this. This is Kash Patel exposes National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan's Iranian ties. Let's take a listen. Well, Steve, it's no coincidence. Remember, Jake Sullivan, the architect of the JCPOA, is is Biden's National Security Advisor. Jake Sullivan, along with O'Malley, are the ones that constructed a pathway to friendship to the number one state sponsor of terror in the world. And Jake Sullivan is the individual that just gave Tehran $6 billion dollars and six Iranian terrorist criminals um, over there. And this is not a coincidence. They are doing this in a calculated fashion. So this reporting does not surprise me. What surprises me is how little the press is covering this and how much we don't yet know of what they've already given the Ayatollahs and Mullahs in Iran, because what they've publicly said is just a piece of it. We've seen the U.N. nuclear weapons inspectors already be removed after we gave Iran six billion dollars. So there's no more cops of any kind over there looking at the nuclear arsenal, which Iran is building to fuel nuclear weaponry against the United States of America. And I can't believe this isn't headline news, but I guess I can because uh, they're well, more worried. But hold it, but hold it, but, 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 yo, yo, cash, yo, yo, yo. If, if you were the general counsel over at House Intel and Devin Nunez was over there and Derek Harvey were over there, you guys would be up the mic this morning. If you would force it to be national news. Where where's Turner in the House? This thing's explosive. Why is House Intel out right now saying, hey, we're going to have hearings tomorrow. We're going to have a classified hearing in the morning and we're going to have public hearings on Thursday and Friday. You, Derek, Colonel Harvey and Nunez would have would have forced the issue. Where's Mike Turner and House Intel? 
Well, I think we were a different breed of cat, and you're the economic wizard on this one. And you know that this Congress and this Republican majority has difficulty doing multiple things at any given time. And I like a lot of the guys over there. They just don't have the ability to do multiple lines of effort. Right now, it's all CR, 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 and um, possibly the opening stages of a Biden impeachment inquiry, which they might get to in a year. Um, so adding this third but pivotal key piece of oversight to their uh, bailiwick is it's just not realistic. So this was uh, this was something they put out uh, September 26th. So it's been a while, you know. Um, so Matt Wallace uh, wrote this. This sounds way too evil to be true, but some reports suggest that Israeli government may have allowed Hamas to penetrate their extremely advanced security apparatus in order to use that as justification to take Gaza. How do barbarians cross what is considered by many to be the most fortified border on earth? Why did it take so long for them to be met with force? Perhaps it's because Israel was especially vulnerable due to its being a Jewish holiday where many members of the faith were without internet. That could also be argued uh, that the other way, though, too, as in the past, uh, Hamas has chosen Jewish holidays to attack. So in theory, they should increase their defense presence. It's also shocking to that they didn't have a military unit ready to go combat the terrorists in the first seconds. How is that even possible? It's worth noting as well that Israel has had rockets raining down on them for decades and faced the constant threat of attacks from Hamas militants. The Israeli government could easily perceive it as worth losing some lives in the interim. In the end game, our goal is significant if the end goal is significantly more safety for their citizens in the region after attack, taking Gaza. That said, if this was planned, they probably would have justified taking Gaza. All right, so, you know, this is a conspiratorial... Um, this is this a little bit conspiratorial, and I've seen this report from many um, different publications that are known for their conspiracy theories. There is this thing that Unusual Wales has put out. Um, it says, and I apologize for the audio, I... I, uh, I I can tell that it's a little off. I think it's a little better now. Um, there's a list of U.S. politicians in Congress who currently hold stock positions that directly benefit from war in the Middle East. And there's a long list. Um, it's too long to actually read. But you might want to take a look at that list and... Um, there's a lot of uh, politicians that are benefiting from war, is is, uh, is the theory uh, here. And this is a very legit source. You, unusual whales is very legit. So um, here's what Donald Trump had to say in New Hampshire. I think it was yesterday. I'm not sure. All of you people that are looking for a house... Enjoy yourself. You're going to be looking a long time. And then you go to the bank, they won't give you the money, even if you're willing to pay it. The banks aren't giving money. 
And, you know, the banks, the big banks like Bank of America, Chase, they discriminate against conservatives. You do know that, right? Okay? We're going to stop that real fast. Well, they're not going to do any business with our government because I don't like them. So that's the leverage. They won't do any business with our government. And that's big. That's a big account, right? Hey, take a listen to this. This is this should have us all concerned, especially as Hamas is calling for a global jihad. We have no idea who is in our country. Stay alert, stay armed. For over two years now, Border Patrol agents have been telling us they've got extreme concerns about who is crossing our southern border, primarily because so many agents have been pulled off the front lines to instead focus on processing. And that then leaves gaps in our border where we simply have nobody out on patrol. And the numbers are startling. We'll start with the terror watch list numbers. Fiscal year 2023 so far, 151 people on the FBI's terror watch list have been arrested by Border Patrol agents while they were crossing illegally here at our southern border. That is the highest number on record. It's also higher than the previous six years combined. The highest number under Trump was six. We got 151 this year so far. Now, the Biden administration says, well, that shows they're catching more people, right? Not exactly. We'll talk about the gotaways. CBP sources telling us since President Biden took office, there have been well over 1.5 million known gotaways at our southern border. These are illegal immigrants who are crossing the border and are seen on cameras or sensors, but Border Patrol doesn't have the manpower to get to them, so they successfully get into the United States without capture. For perspective, that is a population size bigger than the city of Dallas, Texas, that has successfully snuck across our border and gotten into the United States without apprehension. It's enough people to fill up 16 Rose Bowls in Pasadena, California. We also got some brand new internal CBP data leaked to us this morning from CBP sources. If we can pull this graphic up, uh, this data showing that thousands of so-called special interest aliens have been arrested by Border Patrol while crossing at our southern border illegally over the last two years. These special interest countries are what the federal government determines countries or or uh, conditions that favor terrorism or could potentially pose a threat to the United States. But you can see these countries, thousands from Afghanistan, more than 600 from Iran, more than 160 from Lebanon, the home of Hezbollah, more than 500 people from Syria, the home of ISIS, more than 130 from Yemen, home of the Houthi rebels. And former Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott, who served under both President Trump and President Biden says when Border Patrol agents encounter these people, they basically have no way of knowing who they are. Take a listen. An open border allowing anybody to come in is a national security threat. This administration keeps wanting to talk about we're vetting people coming in. That's just simply not true. We have very little information on the, the people across this entire globe. And to elaborate on that point, Border Patrol sources tell us that they simply have little to zero way of vetting these people from these so-called special interest countries. I'm told unless they've got a criminal record in the United States, it's already or they're on some sort of federal watch list. There's no way for Border Patrol to find out about any possible criminal record. That's because these home countries that they're coming from, mostly in the Middle East, they don't share their records or their data with the United States. You get the idea there. Um, there's a, one other thing I wanted to play. Uh, this was uh, where this the, the, these people this news report is suggesting that the Israeli defense forces. We're not prepared. 
Questions are being raised, as we just discussed, about how the renowned Israeli intelligence services were caught so off guard. We're joined now by Efrat Fenningson, who's an Israeli independent journalist and joins us now. Efrat, so good to see you. I'm so sorry about the circumstances under which we are talking. So tell us about Saturday morning. You wake up. It was a public holiday, I believe, in Israel. What happened? Right. So... Sunday, uh, sorry, Saturday morning, 6 a.m. with sunrise, sirens are going off, rockets start to go off uh, around the center of Israel, which is not usual at all. Mm -hmm. And then we wake up to the news of what's happening around the Gaza envelope villages. We hear of multiple... So you already know that part of the story, but there's reports that say they're surprisingly not ready. Um, there's a couple of uh, other little um, clips, too, that I wanted to share, but uh, we're not going to play the audio. Uh, Martha McCallan asked John Kirby if Joe Biden still stands by the comments that the only existential threat humanity faces, uh, even more frightening than a nuclear war, is global warming. Again. The only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a than a nuclear war is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. Even all the <laughs> he doesn't know anything. Nuclear players in and, these and, two areas. And of course, Kirby rubber stamps that and says, yes, absolutely. I agree 100%. You know, it's, it's, and then he also doubled down and said, we're not going to refreeze the $6 billion. So you, you wonder, you wonder what that's about. Um, when we get back tomorrow uh, for tomorrow's show, we're going to be exposing some real interesting truths about uh, some things that Rand Paul has made news about with regard to uh, uh, the vaccines, uh, other clips uh, of these authorities acknowledging that there's been problems with the vaccines. And uh, so we're going to get to that and cover some other issues uh, tomorrow. But uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Scott Adams Show today. Uh, be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can to help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free and help us advance America First policies to make America great again. Uh, that's our agenda. That's our mission. Also use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to their 